Good morning, nice to see you. I'm Lois, if we've not met already. Welcome to everyone watching online and to everyone in the room as well. Um, if you've been here before then and you've heard me speak, you'll know that this is just my favourite part because I get to know a little bit about you. Now, I love like sharing the word of the Lord with you as well, but really first, I just want to get to know you. So I want to know, what is your favourite nostalgic TV show? And also, this is where we'll all reveal our age because nostalgic is subjective, isn't it? Um, so tell me, what did you love? watching when you were growing up? Bullseye. bullseye. We've got a bullseye in the corner. Last of the summer wine. Oh, I love it. Which one? Showing you, oh, you're showing your age. No comment, fan. Um, gladiators. Who said gladiators? I loved, are you there? I loved gladiators. Really scared of wolf though. Which one? Bagpuss. I am too young, get in. Super Ted. Oh, I love that. Any more? Rising Damp. And the event. Is that the same thing or is that, dif is that different? Two different TV shows. Only Fools and Horses in Corner. Soldier, Soldier. The thing is, at this point, guys, you could be making them up. I haven't got a clue. Do you know what I mean? But I'm going to add them to my Netflix list and watch some of them later. I'm too young and I'm never too young. I love this. This is really helping my ego, actually. Making me feel young. Um, I don't know where to begin. I loved shows like Keenan and Kel. Any Orange Soda fans in the house? Yeah. Hello. Um, I loved Heartbeat as well. But that gave me like the Sunday night blues. I knew I was going back to school when Heartbeat was on. Um, there's also some other shows that I love. What I needed to do, because like Steve said last week... I really struggle with the game favourites because I just can't pick one. So, true to form, I'm just going to pick a category, which means I can tell you all of the ones that I like. So, see if you can work out the category based on a few of my favourite shows growing up. Um, I loved Ground Force. Do you remember that one? Is that the right theme tune? Yeah. Um, loved Ground Force. I loved Changing Rooms with Carol Smiley. Anyone like Changing Rooms? Yeah, you know that one? I loved a little bit, a bit, a bit, bit more modern. I love 60 Minute Makeover with Peter Andre. Love that one. And now I love Grand Designs. Love it. Love it. Can you see a theme? No? These programs, what I love is a renovation program. I love a transformation program. There's something amazing about being sat in the comfort of my own sofa with a cup of tea in my hand and watching somebody else do the hard work of taking, in, in Ground Force's case, a really, really rubbish yard and turning it into a flourishing garden. I loved in changing rooms, watching Carol Smiley walk into a room and be like, this is boring. And then people would come in and they transform it into this amazing house. I love that on Grand Designs, they literally take rubble like brokenness like doesn't look usually a field or a pit in the middle of somewhere and someone with some vision transforms it into this amazing home but i love that i get to do that from the comfort of my own sofa because just last year um i started my own transformation renovation in my own home <laughs> now um like, I'll, I'll be honest, all I had to do was some quick minor repairs with the help from Sean and several other people because I didn't actually know how to use a hammer or a drill um, and some, like, a lick of paint. And even that was exhausting and expensive. 
I was like, how do people do this? How do people take a rundown home and transform it into something new? But I love watching it. I just don't actually love the hard work of doing it. Now, one of my favourite days in like the church calendar is Baptism Sunday. I love Baptism Sunday. Do you know what? We're well overdue a Baptism Sunday, so uh, we'll do one. Should we do one soon? Not now, because we haven't filled the tank. <laughs> That'd be nice though in this weather, wouldn't it? <laughs> we're going to do one soon because there's incredible power in hearing people tell their story of how they started and at some point in their life they just became broken and a bit lost and they felt a bit run down and how God transformed them and gave them a new lease of life. I love hearing transformation stories. I love seeing things being transformed in front of me. But um, I need to confess to you that whilst those are my favourite Sundays in church, hearing people's stories, um, I got baptised, oh, hang on, let me do some quick maths, 2009, when was that? That was a long time ago. There we go, good maths everyone, can't even tell you if it's right, let's say it's 14 years ago, I got baptised 14 years ago, and because I got baptised so long ago, I think part of me f has fallen into the trap of thinking, God's done all the transformation that he needs to do in my life. Like, he did it when I gave my life to Jesus. And he did it when I got baptised. And I fell into this trap of thinking like, yeah, everybody else needs to do a bit of work on them. But I'm saved. I'm a pastor, don't you know? I'm a professional Christian. Like, I've been transformed. And then a few months ago, I was reading the Bible and I was reading this verse. Um, let me just tell you what it says. It says this, it's really short. It's from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And this is in the message translation that says, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Fix your attention on God and you will be changed from the inside out. And some, tran some translations use the word transformed. You'll be transformed from the renewing of your mind. You'll be transformed from the inner of you outwards you'll be changed you'll be transformed and I read that and I was like hey man that is such good news for all those really annoying people that need transforming that is good news for the sinners that is good news for the rascals and the ratbags who really need some transformation in your life and I, as I kept reading it it was like God highlighted it in pink and yellow and blue and then made it bold and then underlined it and then was like Lois read it again. So I read it again. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, God. It's not changed. And then I realize it doesn't say they need to fix their attention on God. They need changing. This is a personal address. You, if you fix your eyes on me, you will be changed from the inside out. And as I read those verses, I realized he is talking to me. That no matter how long ago you might have given your life to Jesus, there is still some change to be done. I knew that in that moment, God was saying, there's so much that he has changed about my life. There's so much that he has worked on. There's so much that he has transformed already. But I knew in that moment that God was like, Lois, there is more to come. There is more transformation to come. There's more that I want to change and transform in you and about you. Fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. I believe that God wants to do some transformation in us today. And even if you have known Jesus for like 50 years, God's still got some transforming to do. 
even if you don't yet know Jesus and you're still trying to work out if this thing is even for you and you're like, I don't really know who you're talking about. God's got some transforming that is available to you if you want it and if you allow it. So as I was reading that verse, I was praying to God and I was like, all right, Lord, transform me. Um, But I also was just like learning and growing and studying about how are we transformed? How are you going to change us, God? What will that look like? What do you change us with? And this has led to um, a series that we are going to be looking at for the next like five or six weeks where we are going to be following a series called Changed. We're going to be rooted in this verse. So if you're someone who, likes, who like me, struggles to like remember the Bible, struggles to retain it, then can I encourage you over the next few weeks, do what we do in FDK, which is have a memory verse. Have this as a verse that is on your phone or on your mirror or on your car or wherever that just keeps on reminding you over the next few weeks to fix your eyes on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at what it will be, what it'll look like to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at what what it will be like to be changed by the grace of God. We're going to look at what what will it look like if I'm changed by hope, if I'm changed by truth, by obedience, by community. We're We're going to ask ourselves, what is it going to look like for us to allow ourselves to be changed? And I'm excited for this series, not because I'm looking at you all today thinking, you all need to do some changing. I'm not excited because I'm like, yep, I'm ready. I'm ready to see you all transformed. I'm excited for this series because I really believe that we are going to see something incredible in our church when we decide to allow God to change us. I'm excited to see what our families are going to be like when we allow God to transform us. I'm excited to see what our connect groups are going to grow to become like when we allow God to transform us from the inside out. I'm excited to hear what your workplaces are like and what your schools and colleges are like because you've said, God, change me if you want to. I'm excited to see what God will do when we allow him to change us from the inside out. And so today, I just want to spend a few minutes talking about what will it look like to be changed by love. I heard someone say something once, and it broke my heart as much then as it does now. They said something, and I'm paraphrasing, something along the lines of, God could never love someone like me. If he knew what I'd done, or if he knew the kind of person I was, or the places I'd been, he'd never love me. And as I've like stewed that over the last few years, I know that there's been times when I've allowed that to come into my thoughts. And I think maybe perhaps there's an element in all of us that sometimes that can think that we have to be a certain person for God to love us, that we have to tick certain boxes for God to love us, that we have to live a certain way and fit a certain stereotype. But you know, the Bible doesn't agree with that. See, this is what the Bible says in Romans chapter five, verse eight. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. See, God didn't wait for us to go from sinner to saint before going, yeah, I love you now. God didn't wait for us to like, scrub up our life and make ourselves holy and welcome and, and worthy of being in church before he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us. God loved us while we were still sinners. Do you know that God loved you at your worst? 
Do you know that God looked at you on your worst day? He saw the worst thing you would do. He heard the worst thing you could say. And he said, you're still worth dying for. He said, I still love you. He said, it doesn't matter what. I love you. I loved you first. Like Sean said at the start of the service, and he shared in our prayer meeting this morning as well, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So no matter what we do in the middle of that, God loves us. God's love came first for us. He loved us while we were still sinners. So I don't know who this is for, but if at some point in your life or recently you've been saying God could never love someone like me, I hope you go away today knowing that God loves you, whether you like it or not. He loves you so much. God doesn't wait for us to scrub up our lives before he loves us. So although we're talking about this series called Changed, I want to make it really clear that we're not saying you have to be changed in order for God to love us. But when we allow God to love us, change can and will begin to happen. And many of you will know, a few years ago, I spent some time in Asia. And uh, during my time there, I had several battles with mosquitoes. And the mosquitoes won every time. Um, I was absolutely ravaged, actually. My like, legs and feet were just covered in mosquito bites that then got infected and swelled up. Really, it wasn't pretty. I'll save the gory details, but if anyone likes gory details, I'll, I'll gladly show you photos later. Um, it wasn't the best. Um, the, my ankles like, got so swollen um, on, <laughs> on the plane journey back that then the bites which were infected like popped open. I did say I'd not give you gory details. Too late. Um, yes, yeah, so, and then there was like pus coming out of the infected bites. I'm just going to go with it now. Um, because of that, I couldn't fit in any shoes. So I was in one flip-flop on one side and a broken flip-flop on the other side. Just painting the picture for you. It was a really long flight back from like via Singapore. I've been, I think in total I've been flying for like 24 hours. Um, so I arrived back home. One broken flip-flop swollen ankles, pus coming out of these infected bites, an absolute mess. And my mum had the job of meeting me at Manchester Airport. Now, she's not here today, so I can say whatever I want. Um, so picture the scene, right? That's what I look like, and you can imagine what I smell like. Now, imagine if my mum greeted me and said, what a mess. Okay, full disclosure, that's exactly what she said. I literally, I was like, out the doors of the airport, it had been months. I was like, mother, and she was like, what a mess. Now imagine if that sentence followed with, what a mess. You need to clean yourself up before you can get in my car. You need to get your life together before you can come home. It didn't go like that though. She said, what a mess. Welcome home. And she hugged me and kind of pushed me off a little bit and sniffed me, but was like, jump in the car. Can you imagine if she was like, you need to get your life together before you're coming home with me. She didn't. She embraced me in my mess, in my sweat, in my smell. She took me home. And that's what the God of, God of love is like. He looks at his own mess. He says, you're a mess. But he says, come home with me. Come home with me. And because my mum accepted me home, I was invited into a place of love that was safe and healthy and a love that repaired me. See, she didn't say, 
you need to clean yourself up so you can sit around the dinner table with us. But because I was around the dinner table, surrounded by love, it made me want to go to the doctors and get my mosquito bites checked out. It made me want to go and have a shower. It made me want to clean myself up. We don't have to change for God to love us, but when God loves us, it makes us want to change. It makes us want to live differently. It makes us want to change the way that we are. God's love challenges us, it changes us, it heals us, it repairs us, it refines us, and it transforms us, if we allow it to. So how does God's love transform us? How can it begin to change us? Um, the Bible is full of characters that were changed from the inside out because they got to know somebody called Jesus. There's people whose names were changed. God was like, don't like that name, change your name, because I love you. There's more to come on that over the next few weeks. There is like verses that talk about how we are changed by God. And I just want to give you four brief examples from the Bible of different tiny ways that God's love can change us. These, these are just a small portion of the things that can happen when we allow God's love to change us. So God's love destroys fear in us. God's love can cheer us up. God's love changes how we treat others. And God's love can complete us. So firstly, God's love destroys fear. There's a verse in the Bible. It's in the New Testament of the Bible. 1 John 4, verse 18, that says this. Where God's love is, there is no fear. Because God's perfect love drives out fear. I am someone who comes face to face with fear on a regular occasion. Um, and there are so many tips and tricks and methods and medications and ways that will really help us to cope with fear and to cope with anxiety and to live with it. And lots of them are healthy and helpful. But I have found in my experience that there is one thing that doesn't just help me cope with fear. There is one thing that helps eradicate fear, and that is the love of God. Like Remy was singing this morning, it is a name above all names. There is power in that name. There is power when it comes to fear that God's love can destroy. God's love kept me safe this week when I was afraid. In the middle of a panic attack recently, it was God's love that held me still. It's God's love that meets me in the middle of the night when I wake up with recurring nightmares. God's love destroys fear, destroys the fear that we live with day in and day out. But fear is not the only emotion that we have to battle with in this life, is it? Sadness and grief and weariness and depression are things that we often have to navigate as well. There's this a verse in Psalm 90 that says this. I'll come up on the screen. Yeah, it says this, Satisfy us in the morning with your love, so that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. See, the first thing that God's love changes is in us is that God's love destroys fear. But God's love can also cheer us up. And not just in a cheer up and get on with it kind of way. In a way that brings joy to your life when it makes no sense. God's love changes our attitude and our mindset and our emotional health. Because God's love can take us from sadness to gladness. From grieving to rejoicing from morning to dancing. And I know that there will be people in this room today and people watching online who are in the place of sadness. 
and who are like, I could do with some of God's love. Our prayer for you today is that God's love will move you from sadness to gladness. Because the word of the Lord says that with his love, we can be satisfied. With his love, we can sing for joy. That in the midst of chaos, God's love can cheer us up. And not just a fake or um, passing happiness. It is a real shift in our soul to take us to a place of joy that makes no sense. That's what God's love can do. Thirdly, God's love changes how we treat others. You see, it doesn't just change the emotions that we deal with or the way that we feel. God's love changes how we are with the people around us. Do you know the best evidence of whether you have been changed by God's love will be found in how you treat other people? But not just the people you love and not just the people you like, the people you really don't like, the annoying people or the people that you just don't know, that you just don't understand. So I wonder if you could ask yourself, like, how do you treat people on the phone in a call center? How do you interact with people you don't agree with? How do you treat people in the street that ask you for money? How do you speak about people that you don't like? How do you show love to people around you? Because in the Bible, in John 13, 34, Jesus said this, as I have loved you, that's Jesus, as Jesus has loved you, you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are disciples, that you are followers of Jesus if you love one another. People will see that we have been changed by love when it changes the way that we speak about people, that we treat people, that we interact with people. That is how people will know they've been changed by the love of God. And then finally, God's love changes us because it completes us. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where there's like something missing in your life. I get this a lot when I go on holiday and I'm like, I've forgotten something. I've definitely forgotten something important. But I also know that there's been times in my life where I've had this, where I felt like I've forgotten something in my life. I'm missing something in my life. And I know that there's so many of us that have spent our whole life trying to um, find that thing that feels like they're missing. Like maybe you've got a hole in your life. You feel like there's just, there's just a hole. And you've been looking for things to fill it. Maybe you've been looking to love or to relationships. Maybe you've been looking to children to fill that hole. Maybe you've been looking to drugs to fill that hole or to reputation or to money or to title or to appearance to fill that hole. Do you know, some of those things, they will feel good for a little bit. It's like pouring a little bit of water into an open well. But there is one thing. And one thing only that is just the right size and just the right shape to fill the hole that's in our lives, and that is the love of Jesus, perfectly positioned and perfectly shaped to complete us. And I've heard people so many times say that, I just wanna get married, because that'll complete me. I just want my bank account to be like this, because then I'll be done. I just want my life to look like this, and then I'll feel like I'm fulfilled. And there is one thing that completes us, and it is the love of God. Ephesians chapter three, verse 19 says this, as I'm coming into land, it says, may you experience the love of Christ. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And if you have been chasing and looking for something to fill that hole in your life and you're like, why can't I find it? 
it's here in the love of Jesus that completes us and fulfills us. So I want to leave you with an invitation today. I'm going to ask the band to come up, actually. Thank you. I want to leave you with um, an invitation. The first one is I just want to invite you to ask yourself, have I ever accepted God's love? Do I believe that it's for me? Or did I think that I had to be a certain person and live a certain way and tick certain boxes for, God's to, for God to love me? If that's you, then in a minute, I'm just going to um, pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything specifically. I'm just going to pray that you would know that God loves you. God loved you yesterday. He loves you today and he will love you tomorrow. And then my second invitation is to those of us who do know Jesus and have accepted his love. And my invitation and challenge to you today is this. Will you let God's love change you from the inside out? Will you let the love of God totally transform you so that when you go into work this week, people are like, there's something different. When you're around the dinner table with your family later, your kids are like, there's something different about you. Something's changing. Will you let the love of God change you from the inside out? Will you let God's love change how you talk about yourself? Will you let God's love transform the way that you view the world? Will you let God's love change the way that you treat people that you don't agree with or you don't understand? Will you let the love of God transform your attitude? Will you let the love of God change the way that you parent, and the way that you date, and the way that you are friends with people, the way that you spend your money? Friends, would you let the love of God transform you from the inside out? Would you stand with me if you're able to? And I'll pray for us before we worship today. And if you feel like you want to respond to any of those things, maybe today you want to respond to the invitation to accept God's love for the first time or for another time. Let me pray for you now. God, I thank you that you love us so much. You loved us when we were sinners. You loved us now. You will continue to love us. And today, for everyone who wants to accept that love, Jesus, we say yes to you. We say yes to you. And if you today want to make a commitment and a decision to be changed by God's love, that you are going to change something about yourself, you're going to change the way you speak or talk or think or live, then let me pray for you now. God, I thank you that your love is so powerful that it changes things. Thank you that it can change our emotional health. Thank you that it can help our mental health. Thank you that it can affect the way we treat people around us. Thank you that your love changes us. And God, I pray that you will speak to us today. Tell us what it is that we need to change. And God, we are open to you to transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name.